Well, how are you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? Yeah? Got a lot of energy? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, well, hey guys, I just want to welcome you um, tonight. It looks like we are the few, the proud. Um, and uh, those who have been away for a while, it's good to have you with us. Um, and it's just exciting, guys. Uh, God's doing some really cool things in our midst. Uh, and in you guys, uh, and in through you guys, uh, so I'm just excited. I'm pumped. There's no time like the present to be involved at Hillside Christian Fellowship and to be involved in Ecclesia Young Adults. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Things are going well. I'm taking the hat off because it's getting a little bit warm in here. How many of you guys feeling a little warm in here? Amen. Anyone? Yeah. Woo-wee. Getting a little hot. Um, well, hey, guys, we're going to just dive right in tonight. Uh, I don't have a lot for you tonight. I know, like dead silence when I say that, um, because we're going to be like straight to the point tonight, um, but you know whenever I say I don't have a lot, we're going to be straight to the point, uh, I end up talking for a little while. Um, I know, that's that's what we're looking at, it's normally the longest sermons, and I'm going to make sure I stay on the clock, uh, because I want us to be able to go out and have uh, some fun tonight in fellowship. Uh, so yeah, we're going to just dive right in. So if you have your Bibles, would you please open them to a familiar portion of Scripture, a Scripture I think we've hit on for the last four weeks, to the fifth week we've hit on it in a row. Uh, so if that rings any bells, we're going to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. eight. Yeah, so turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I want to remind you guys, uh, we have a few slides, uh, I just want to remind you guys that we are in our series that is called Clarity which is the Holy Spirit and you. So if you've been with us for the last four weeks, uh, you've been learning about how the Holy Spirit interacts uh, with us, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit's operations are. And so the title of uh, the series is Clarity because this is a portion uh, of Christianity, this is a portion of theology uh, that isn't always as clear as we would like it to be. Uh, and so we want it to be nice and clear, and we want to preach what the Bible has to say, and we want to do things the Bible uh, says things. We want to do things the way the Bible does things. Uh, so that's why we're talking about it. We've been doing it for four weeks. This is the fifth week of our series. Uh, we've had fun looking at some things. The first sermon was titled Forgotten Power. Uh, we looked at who the Holy Spirit is uh, and, and how the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is missing in some places in the church like it was uh, very present in the first century church and how we want to bring that back. Then the next week uh, in a sermon titled I Believe I Can Fly, uh, we were talking about how we believe in the Holy Spirit and we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and how that can take us uh, to new heights and new uh, places. And we looked at who the Holy Spirit was and what he uh, does in and through us, how the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. Then week three, uh, good old Bo uh, just really broke down some scriptures for us uh, in a sermon that was titled, I think, How to Change the Oil on a 1988 Celica. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, interesting title that uh, hopefully grabbed your attention and then it had nothing to do with the sermon, which is always fun. Uh, and it was great. Bo, Bo, Bo really set us up. Uh, Bo really set us up for success last week uh, when we were looking uh, at who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does through Scripture. What are the operations? What are the manifestations? What are the giftings of the Holy Spirit? And last week's sermon was titled uh, Ghost Stories and Factoids or Factoids and Ghost Stories. And we were looking at how um, 
throughout the more recent history of the church, there's been some things that have been blamed on the Holy Spirit uh, that probably weren't the Holy Spirit. And there's been some things that were the Holy Spirit that we should very much focus on and say, hey, that is awesome. We need to do more of that. And so tonight, guys, the title of tonight's message is The Purpose for Pentecost. Okay, Purpose for Pentecost. For those of you who know what Pentecost is, uh, it is a Jewish feast. Uh, that happens after Passover, um, but to Christians, it's a little bit more because something happened uh, during the time of Pentecost to those who were in the early church. There was 120 followers of Jesus meeting together in the upper room, waiting because Jesus told them, hey, tarry in Jerusalem a little bit longer for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which I told you all last week you should memorize. If not memorize, at least underline it in your Bible. This is where Jesus picks up and he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come upon you. Come upon you. Come upon you. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. When the Holy Spirit came upon the early church. And what the purpose for Pentecost was, what the purpose for Pentecost is today, and why the Holy Spirit comes upon us as believers. Does that sound fun? Yeah. You guys excited to kind of talk these things through? Sure. Awesome. Well, with that being said, let's buckle our proverbial seatbelts, uh, and let's turn the car on, which is start the sermon off with a prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much, uh, God, just for the opportunity that each and every single one of us have, God, week in and week out to come here, God, and to worship you. God, we thank you for the time and worship. Uh, God, we thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. God, and that when we lift up these songs and these praises unto you, God, um, God, you receive them. Uh, and, and so, God, we thank you. Uh, God, we just invite you to join us in this place. God, we thank you that your word uh, tells us where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. So, God, we just welcome you here. Jesus, we welcome you here. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to move in our midst. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Fill each and every single one of us anew, Lord God. We just pray for the word tonight, God, that your word, uh, your perfect word, your holy scriptures, God, we pray uh, that your word would inspire us, God, that we would be inspired by the uh, the writers in the early church, God, who, who were on fire for you and who understood what it meant to be a follower of Christ, what it meant to be a spirit-filled follower of Christ. God, I pray that we would be inspired. God, I pray that we would be encouraged. Uh, God, I pray that we would be built up in our most holy faith. God, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we pray that tonight as we hear the word of God, that we would be built up in our most holy faith. And God, that we would be truly, truly encouraged. That we would walk out of here more juiced, more energized, more excited about Jesus, God. And we pray that your word tonight, God, that it would challenge us. God, we pray that every time we open your word, God, that it would challenge our hearts. God, and that we would not um, ever come to your word and leave the same as when we read it, God. But we pray that each and every single time we read your word, God, that you would speak to us through your word and that your word would challenge us to live more for you. God, we just pray that none of these would be my words, but God, uh, that you would speak through. Uh, God, not in some weird, ooey-gooey, mystic way. Uh, but God, I just lay myself aside and I say, God, you've given me these words and God, I pray that your perfect word rings through. So God, anything that be of me, may it fall on deaf ears or may I not even be able to get it out of my mouth. But God, may your perfect, your perfect, your perfect, your perfect word come through. So God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said... Amen. 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 So, guys, what we're going to talk about tonight, and, and, and I really do mean this, we don't have, um, we have a lot to cover, 
but we don't have a lot to cover, if that makes sense, okay? We could talk for hours and like hours and like hours and go through seminar after seminar after seminar. I could have 150 PowerPoint slides. We could come for a four-hour time, and we could go like exegetically, boom, boom, boom. Everyone's like, exegetically, what does that even mean? We could just go like hardcore into this thing uh, and really break it down, uh, but that would maybe probably uh, confuse you guys, at least to a point, and then you guys would all get it in the last little seminar. You'd be like, oh, so that's what all that meant. So we're going to kind of skip over that, because that's what we've been doing for the last four weeks, and I'm going to give you the, oh, now that makes sense part of it, okay? Because uh, I think it's important. Uh, turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, so if you guys get to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, please let me know by saying holla. That was fast. Nice work. All right. And if you're not there yet, let me know by saying hold up. Hold up. All right. All right. I'll give you guys a few seconds. It is getting a little warm in here. 14 what? First Corinthians chapter 14. Just go there. We're going to bounce all over the chapter. You guys all there? All right. I'm hearing hollers. So we're going. Okay. This is what it says. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1. It says what? It says pursue love. Yeah, that's good. Pursue love. Paul tells us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to pursue love. How many of you guys know what love is? I think they wrote a song in the 80s, What is Love? Well, maybe don't hurt me. Yeah, okay, good times. Thanks for the solo. I like that. Uh, how many of you guys know what true love is all about? Okay, if you don't, some homework that I've given you many, many times. Take a look at 1 John. 1 John talks a lot about love. Hey, how about this? God is love. That's a little plug for the ladies' life group. You guys are going through 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and Jude uh, on Thursday nights. So go if you're a lady. Guys, don't go because that would be a little awkward. Um, I accidentally walked into it this week, and it was... I was like, woo, lots of girls. Um, but, uh, yeah, good times. Uh, love. It, it's all about love. We need to pursue love. But what do we also need to pursue along with love? What does it say? It says, pursue love and desire. Spiritual yeah, desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Ooh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. Uh, yes, what does that mean? And so what we're going to do, guys... Uh, is we're going to really look at what this verse really means and how this verse connects to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and how this verse connects to Acts chapter 2 as a whole. So keep your fingers. This is the part where we're going to just be moving around just a little bit. Keep your fingers here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and flip with me back, if you will, just a few pages to Acts chapter 2. Now, for those of you who are Bible students, and I would encourage you all to be, Acts chapter 2 uh, is a very important portion of Scripture. And uh, how many of you guys know what happens without looking at Acts chapter 2? Okay, maybe one of you. Uh, I'm going to encourage you guys that when we leave from this place, that all of you guys have it down, locked. Anytime anyone says Acts chapter 2, you're like, I know exactly what happens. You know what happens, Joel? What happens in Acts chapter 2? Yes, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit being poured out. And this is what the Word of God has to say. So are you in Acts chapter 2? Everyone in Acts chapter 2? Verse 1, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind. 
and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared on them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterances. Interesting. Interesting. Some pretty amazing things happened. Let's just do a little bit of investigative work. How many of you guys have ever watched on TV uh, Law and Order or CSI or NCIS or uh, uh, Without a Trace or uh, Cold Case or any of these crime dramas? What do they all have in common? Something happens. Someone dies. Well, yeah, someone normally dies. No one dies here, okay? Uh, but something happens and then they have to go back and they have to it's a, it's a big word uh, that, that kind of ends with, uh, wait, wait, just say that one more time so I don't have to. Investigate. Yeah, they investigate. So we're going to do a little bit of investigation. How many of you guys like Sherlock Holmes? He's kind of a cool guy. Robert Downey Jr. did a good job uh, playing him. So let's all take our Sherlock Holmes hats, our invisible Sherlock Holmes hat, put them on our head. It's investigation time. Everyone pull out your fake magnifying glass. Everyone got one? Everyone got one? Man, Brandon, yours is chrome covered. That's awesome. Very cool. So, guys, pull it out. We're going to investigate. It says some very important things here. There's some very distinct things that happen. What is the first thing that happens on the day of Pentecost when Pentecost had fully come? Olivia. They were all together on one accord. Yes, they were gathered together in one accord. I didn't know that the disciples drove Hondas, but they did. They were all in one accord. I don't know how they fit, but they did. Um, no, they were all in one accord. Or, in some translations, they were of one heart. They were of one spirit. These guys were coming with the specific purpose. Jesus told us to wait and to seek the promise of the Father. So we're going to do that. So they were there in the upper room, and they were praying, and they were seeking the promise of the Father. Now, there's just something key. This is a bonus. Uh, this isn't in the sermon. This isn't in the sermon notes. So pause the sermon. Okay? Guys, when we come together, we have the opportunity to come together in one accord. Okay? When we come to Ecclesia, let's come with one purpose. And that's to hear from God and to hear from God's word. And I guarantee you this, because it's scriptural. When people come all in one accord, God shows up and he does something amazing. So I'm going to encourage you guys to come with one accord every Sunday or and every Tuesday and every time we get together. Come expecting to hear, come expecting to experience the love and the power of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's leave all our distractions aside and, and, and any animosity we have towards one another. Let's leave those outside. When we go out, hopefully the power and the love of Christ will have wiped that stuff away so when we go out, we're all friends again. Uh, but that's just the bonus cameo. I think that's cool. I like it when God shows up. The next thing, investigators, what happens? There was what? Wind. Okay, so there was a wind... But was there really a wind? No. There was a there was a sound. So there was this sound like this mighty rushing wind, just whoosh. Okay, that's probably not what a mighty rushing wind sounds, because I never heard the wind's <laughs> voice crack, but mine did. That's okay. Um, great times. Okay, so there was a mighty rushing wind, uh, and what what happened? What happened next? You guys are all making fun of me. That ain't cool. I don't like that. Oh man. All right. What happened next? They appeared, uh, then there appeared in divided tongues. It filled the room. Okay, so the wind filled the room. Divided tongues. Okay, divided tongues came after that. No, it says this. The whole wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Okay? So it filled. This, this sound 
filled the room. Then some little divided tongues of fire uh, showed up, and then one sat down on each and every single one of those heads. Okay? Uh, traditionally in pictures, you can see it drawn like these little, like, cool split tongue fireballs. Um, maybe. Um, maybe it's <laughs> symbolic. We're not going to get into all that tonight because we're going to look at kind of what happens next. What happens next, folks? And they were? Filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And something happened. What happened? They started speaking in English? Well, no, in, for them, Hebrew or Greek. No, they started speaking in unknown tongues. Start talking gibberish one to another. Whoa, what's going on? What's going on? So these are the things that happened when the Holy Spirit was first poured out. And I want us to remember that because it's very key. It's very key to what we're going to have to talk about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, if you guys remember last week we talked about, uh, Paul talks about some of the spirituals, the operations, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. One of them is speaking in tongues. Now it's one of many, okay, uh, but it is a very prominent one, okay? And we're going to talk a little bit more as the night goes on about that. But I want us to pay attention to what happens next. Okay, this is what it says here in verse 5. Everyone's still there in Acts chapter 2, verse 5? It says this, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven. So pretty much representatives from all over the known world, the Romans and everywhere around that. Okay, there were people here uh, in Jerusalem because uh, they were here for Passover and for Pentecost. Uh, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused. Because everyone heard these men speaking in their own languages. Okay? Let me just put this into a little bit of perspective for you. Okay? That light just flicked on. Like right as I said perspective. That was really cool. Uh, we're going to shine some light on this. Okay. It would be like if all of us spoke English. Do all of us speak English in here? Okay, good. So we're all speaking English one day, just doing our thing. Okay? Let's say we're down in Brazil. Okay? We're in Brazil because the World Cup's going on right now, right? How many of you guys been watching the World Cup? All right, very cool. Very cool. What happens at the World Cup? Or let's say, like, what happens at the Olympics? You have representatives from almost every country in the world there in one place. So let's just imagine, let's say, okay, in the likelihood of this happening in a million years probably isn't going to happen. But let's say the Olympics come to Portland. Okay? And the Olympics are in Clackamas. We're going to say the Olympics are here. Olympic Stadium is just outside those windows. And representatives from all over the world are out there chilling. Okay, And we're in here, and we start praying, and we say, all right, God, we're praying. We're believing for your spirit. We're all speaking English. Everyone knows we're from America. Americans speak English. Crazy how it happens like that. Um, and then all of a sudden, I start speaking in Portuguese. And Taylor starts speaking in Slavic. And Brandon starts speaking in uh, Kenyan. And uh, that's, they speak English. Uh, you start speaking in Chinese. Uh, Dusty in Japanese. Uh, Sam starts speaking in Korean. We all start speaking all these different languages that we don't know. But everyone else outside is freaking out because they're like, what are these bilingual crazies doing? Okay. And they, what happens, just a few verses down, we're going to find out that the people thought we were all drunk. They're like, what are these people all doing? They're a bunch of crazies. Uh, but then they started realizing something. Oh my goodness, they're proclaiming the name of Jesus and the good news of Jesus. They're proclaiming the gospel in my own language. And I can hear what they're saying. And then something happens. 
Now, I want you guys to read this on your own. We're not going to cover it in its totality tonight. Uh, but Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 14. Uh, really, guys, through the end of the chapter, uh, we see something happen. Peter, who's kind of the leader of the disciples, okay, um, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? The Word of God tells us here that he spoke the Word of God with boldness, with confidence. He stood up and he said, men and people of Jerusalem and of the world, all you folks, this is what happened today. And then he goes through scripture and says, this is Messiah. This is what Messiah promised. And this is the fulfillment of scripture that was prophesied in the book of Joel, or the prophet Joel said these things that in the last days I will pour, pour out my spirit. And boom, this is what is happening. And guess what happened on that day? What happened? You can read it. The church multiplied. Okay. By how much? 3,000 people were added to the church that day. 120 people seeking the Lord, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and in one day, 3,000 people were added to the church. Now the church went from 120 to 3,120. We're going to see with just in about another week, it goes up to 5,000. And you're going to notice for the first few chapters of Acts, the church is talked about as people were growing in addition. And then you get to a specific point in Acts. I think it's in uh, chapter 6. This isn't a part of our uh, sermon either, but it's just really cool. Yeah, chapter 6, verse 1, it says this. And in those days, the disciples began to multiply. They went from addition to multiplication, and then it just went to exponential growth. Okay, uh, All because of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is very important. Okay? So what happened? I've already asked this question. I'm going to ask it again. Uh, what happened when the Spirit was first poured out? Mighty rushing wind. Uh, but what was kind of the big one? People spoke in unknown tongues. They spoke in tongues that they did not know. Okay? Now fast forward with me. Did you guys keep your fingers in 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Sure hope you did. I asked you to. Okay. So Paul... Paul is now, a few years later, he's writing to the church in Corinth. Because the church in Corinth, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Folks started speaking in tongues. And uh, they started speaking in tongues a lot. And it was all about speaking in tongues. It was all about speaking in tongues. And yes, speaking in tongues is great. Okay, uh, But these guys, all they were doing, they started speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. And it started getting a little bit... At church, okay? Started scaring people off, okay? And they're like, well, what's going on? And so Paul, he has to write some things and says, okay, I want to just clarify some things with you. Uh, and we're going to look at the clarification. Um, because, guys, this is very important to the church today as well. Okay? The reason why we're talking about the purpose for Pentecost is because there was something that happened in the early 1900s. How many of you guys know history? Okay? How many of you guys know church history? Anyone know church history? Okay, something happened in the early 1900s. Uh, when, just like here in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, some people, they all started gathering together and seeking God. And they're like, hey, we want the same power that the early church had. And they began praying and praying and praying. And then all of a sudden, folks started speaking in tongues again. And, and, and I want to point this out, that after 300 A.D., 400 A.D., uh, speaking in tongues kind of disappeared. Okay, still people did, uh, but there were just little pockets here and there. But it really kind of got written out of mainstream Christianity. It was kind of like the 
groups off in the far distance, and maybe they don't even speak in tongues anymore. And as we told, uh, as I told you in the first week, uh, it kind of split, and there was the majority of Christianity was what was called uh, cessationist, which means they believe that speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing, and all that stuff ceased. Uh, when the New Testament canon and the canon of Scripture was put together. They based that off of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you want to learn more about that, we have a sermon all on that recorded from two weeks ago. You guys can come and get that from me. Um, but really, what happened was there was a lack of the power of God, a lack of the Spirit of God moving in the church the way it did in the 1st and 2nd and 3rd century. So much so that I told you this, m- mighty, mighty preachers, uh, like John Wesley, uh, like uh, George Whitfield, uh, like uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, A.W. Tozer. These men were like, hey, we need more of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit isn't around very much. Well, something happened in the early 1900s, and the, and the, the Spirit of the Lord was poured out, uh, and people began speaking in tongues again. People started having healings, uh, people started prophesying, things were happening, and the power of the Spirit was moving like crazy, and it started uh, in a little place down in Southern California, okay, uh, called Azusa Street, okay, it's down in the Los Angeles area, okay, and, and it was it's known as the Azusa Street Revival, people got full of the Holy Ghost, got on fire, people were being added to the church like crazy, people were coming in off the streets, getting saved, getting baptized, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, it was amazing, and some crazy things happened, okay, and now, today, we're looking 100 years later, um, or so later, um, uh, Pentecostalism is the largest and fastest growing uh, Protestant denomination to date. It is growing immensely uh, amongst the believers uh, today. Some famous, uh, I don't know if famous is the right word, but maybe you guys have heard of uh, Foursquare, the Foursquare Church. It's a Pentecostal church, derives from this. Have you heard of the Church of God? Okay. Pentecostal, derives from this. Have you heard of the Assemblies of God? Pentecostal, derives from this. Uh, There's many, many, many more that that derive from what happened here. And it's the Pentecostal church of today. We, Hillside Christian Fellowship, we are a Pentecostal church. Um, And something happened, and, and, and they said, well, hey, this is what we're going to say because this is what we believe happens in the scriptures. Um, in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you got to speak in tongues. Okay? And so they write in their bylaws and, and their beliefs that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in uh, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit's power uh, with the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. Okay? The initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. And they base that off of the book of Acts. We see in, in a few of the occasions where people are uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, they begin speaking in tongues. Okay? I see hands going up. We're probably going to address your question tonight. So if we don't, you can just come back to it at the end. So remember it, write it down. Um, and so this is what uh, these main uh, Pentecostal denominations believe. That's what they have written down. Uh, but Paul has some things to say about that. Okay? Uh, because I would hold, uh, and I'm not some rogue at Hillside, me and the leadership at Hillside, uh, we believe scripturally, and there's a good majority of Pentecostals. I'd say it's probably somewhere like 65, 35 that believe what we believe. 
but because it's written down somewhere in history that that's what we believe, we don't change it. You guys kind of know how that goes. Like, you do something one way, and you just don't change it out of respect for that's the way they used to do it. Well, it's going to probably change because of our generation. We're like, hey, there's more just than this, okay? And there's it's been like that for probably the last 20 years. They're pushing towards what I'm going to tell you here in just a second. But this is what Paul has to say. He tells them here in Corinth, a church that was all about speaking in tongues, okay? All about speaking in tongues. He says this, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, one of which is tongues. But he says, especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. But even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed there is an interpretation that the church may receive the edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak uh, to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Okay, you guys kind of get where Paul's going with this. He's saying tongues is great, praying in tongues is great, uh, but for the whole body of the church, it doesn't do a lot of good if no one understands what's going on. So Paul's saying, hey, if I came to you, I could speak a thousand words in tongues, but it really wouldn't edify you guys. But if I come teaching revelation and knowledge and truth, in words, you're going to understand. Let's continue on. It says this, Even things without life, whether the flute or the harp, they make a sound. But unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will they be known uh, what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue uh, words easy to understand, for will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, uh, there are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so, since uh, even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So. Desires for spiritual gifts. How many of you guys desire spiritual gifts? Okay, if you desire spiritual gifts, make sure you're not desiring them for your own edification, but so that the church will excel. Okay, that's just a little point there. Then he goes on to say, uh, Therefore, let him who speaks in tongues pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit and will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit and will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the informed say, Amen, at the giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but offer is not... Uh, but, but the other is not edified. I think, my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in church, I would rather speak five words with understanding and teach others than 10,000 words with tongues. I know I read that really fast, but that's because there's a lot of scripture. I got like another bunch of verses I'm going to read in just a second. So hold on. Uh, but what I really want us to pick up on here, okay, Paul's saying something very specific. He's saying, okay, hey, tongues are great. And praying in tongues are great. You're praying to God. Okay? Another place in Scripture talks about using the tongues of men and of 
angels. You're speaking in an unknown language. And that is great, and that is desired for. But Paul says, I would rather speak five words intelligibly than 10,000 words in the Spirit, if none of you guys are going to understand. So what Paul is saying here is that as tongues are great, there's more benefit when we're speaking in understanding. Does that make sense? Okay, so the reason why this is really important to the church in Corinth, because their services were interrupted by people speaking in tongues. And people were speaking in tongues left and right. People were speaking in tongues back to each other. And people were like, what's going on? And the newcomers who just gave their heart to the Lord in the marketplace, they come in and they're like, we don't know what's going on, so we're going to leave. Okay, and that's never a good thing. Okay, when someone comes to church and leaves because they're confused, that's a bad thing and that's on the church. Okay. Um, and the reason why this is important today is because Pentecostalism, you guys see where Pentecostalism gets its name from Pentecost, okay? Pentecostalism, the church that believes in speaking in tongues and the operations and the giftings and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we are a Pentecostal church. But at Hillside, you don't hear a lot of speaking in tongues, okay? And that's not a bad thing. But some people in traditional and historical Pentecostal churches believe that if you are not speaking in tongues, then first off, you're not filled with the Spirit, uh, then you're not Pentecostal, and you don't have the power of God living in you, okay? And to some, okay, to some that might be true, but to those who are operating in the gifting of prophecy— or the gifting of evangelism, or the gifting of boldness, speaking the word of God with boldness, speaking words of wisdom and knowledge. Those people are operating in the power of the Spirit. And I'm going to come and I'm going to nail this one home in just a second for you guys. Why it's important to the church today, and why this needs to be brought up, is because in Pentecostalism, it's become all about speaking in tongues. And the Pentecostal church has, as a Whole, not as individuals, but kind of as just a blanket thing, uh, has kind of touted themselves above other denominations. And have said, we are the ones who are spirit-filled. You are Christians. You guys are doing a good thing. We're going to borrow your theology and your doctrine because you guys like to study. But we like to speak in tongues, and we're a little bit higher than you guys. Okay? And for what it's worth, that's what they've done. And that's not good. Okay? That's not good. Though... Most folks in Pentecostal churches are full of the Holy Spirit, and we look at the difference between having the Holy Spirit in you and having the Holy Spirit come upon you. There is a distinct difference. It was never something to lord over somebody, like, I'm full of the Spirit, and you're not. Okay? Though that might be a true fact, okay? and I say might be, um, it was never something to be lorded over people. What was the purpose of Pentecost? What was the purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What was the purpose and for what was the power given? So they could make disciples of every nation. So they could make disciples of every nation. Very good, Dan. What does Acts chapter 1 verse 8 say? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do what? Be my witness. Go into all the world, Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world and make 
disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the things which Jesus taught. Guys, the reason for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was so that the church would receive power to be witnesses in a greater capacity. Without the Holy Spirit, the church will grow through addition. Okay? Like the churches in between early church and Pentecostal church, they grew by addition. But with the power of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and people who are living a life full of the Spirit, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, that is when the church grows by multiplication. It is imperative for the believer to seek the filling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's how you receive power to be a greater witness for the Lord. Now, what did Paul say to the church in Corinth? Don't seek these things because you want to be cool yourself, which traditionally Pentecostalism has done. Yeah, I want to be that full gospel Christian, okay? Um, and they wanted it for themselves, but not for the edification of the whole church. Okay? The purpose of Pentecost was for the church to be a greater witness. The power of the Holy Spirit and the gifting of tongues, tongues was a catalyst for the gospel to go forth. These folks here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, were they hearing the tongues of angels? Acts chapter 2, I mean, I said Acts 1-8. Acts chapter 2, when the, when the Spirit was poured out in the upper room and they started speaking in tongues, were these folks hearing the tongues of angels? Were they? No, because what were the people outside saying? They understood it. That's my language. You see, when the Holy Spirit was pulled out the first time, the tongues were a catalyst to further the gospel. These were the tongues of men. Now, here in... 1 Corinthians and the Corinthian church, they were speaking in the tongues of men, but also in the tongues of angels. There's two very distinct different things. It's still the same gift, but it's used different ways. Okay, Speaking in tongues and having a prayer language, speaking to God and the tongues of angels, God's understanding what you're saying, the Spirit is praying through you when you don't know the words to say. Romans tells us that he speaks through our groans. Okay? So we speak words that we don't know. Now here's the deal. When it is spoken in public and someone shouts out in tongues, okay, which happens every once in a while, okay? the way to know if that is right or wrong, if someone shouts out in tongues and no one stands up or interprets, or, or interprets, that speaking in tongues was out of line. That was not a biblical thing to do. And that person will be instructed by the leadership of the church, hey, that was out of place. That was out of place. And Paul here even said, hey, sometimes you guys are doing this out of place. But if someone interprets, then you know, okay, this was okay. But you also have to check and see what the interpretation is all about. Because if the interpretation is the, thus saith the Lord to this church, thus saith the Lord, you must do this, you must do this. That's not biblical. We see right here, we just read it, that you are speaking to God and you are edifying God, you are bringing glory unto God. So when you're speaking in tongues, and when you're praying in tongues, even aloud, and so when someone uh, interprets, it's bringing glory unto God. Okay. Now, prophecy, on the other hand, is, hey, this is what the Lord has for you. This is what the Lord has for this body. And that's also something that needs to be 
looked over with a fine-tooth comb, okay? You don't just throw it out like, oh, yeah, you know, those people that prophesy, woohoo, okay? Um, no, but you don't you don't just throw it out, but you don't take everything and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, good, oh, yeah, good, oh, yeah, good. Um, it's got to line up with Scripture, okay? A lot of denominations and historically in Christianity, they say prophecy ain't for today because... What the prophet's job was in the Old Testament was to prepare the way for Messiah. And since Messiah has come, we don't need prophets anymore. Okay? Well, it's a different kind of prophecy now. Um, and, and, and if you want to learn more uh, about that, come and see me afterwards and, and we can talk. And that would be great. But I, what, what I really want to focus on is what Paul is instructing the church in Corinth. Because I think it's a good instruction from Paul to us, the church today. Not just Ecclesia, not just Hillside, but to the church in general. Uh, speaking in tongues is great, but it is not the purpose of Pentecost. Pentecost was never for the church just to speak in tongues. Tongues is just a part of the whole grand scheme of Pentecost. Pentecost is for the furtherance of the gospel. So I alluded to these folks were speaking in the tongues of men. Okay, uh, There are some very uh, important Christian figures uh, throughout history. Uh, how many of you guys have a, uh, have heard of a guy named Thomas Aquinas? Anyone ever heard of Thomas Aquinas? Um, uh, I mean, I've got lists of guys, uh, but 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 some specific folks. Uh, they are recorded as going on missionary journeys uh, to a place where they had no clue what the language was. Okay, so like leaving from Switzerland or from France or from Italy and going over to like China or traveling over to the Americas in like the 1400s and the, and the 1500s and they didn't know the language okay and they step off the boats and they pray Holy Spirit I want your power and when they stepped off the boat they were able to speak Venezuelan or I'm just making that country up and all that stuff but they were speaking that language of the indigenous peoples there, and they had full understanding of what they were saying, and they were saying that language, and they were able to witness to that language in uh, that language group and those people, and bring them to the Lord, and then go back and realize, holy crud, I don't know what I just said, and that's awesome. They gave their hearts to the Lord. I didn't know, like know this language or learn this language. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And like the same person then go to another country and do the same thing. It happens today even. Okay? It happens today, where someone goes on a missions trip, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they start speaking in the tongues of men, and they begin to witness to people in their very own language. Mm. I have a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, uh, who goes to a Pentecostal church, and uh, he was praying, uh, and, and some buddies around him were praying, and one of his buddies just starts praying in tongues. Okay, Just starts praying in tongues, and, and, and he's not doing it for show, but he's just praying in tongues. And there happened to be a dude there visiting the church from some country in Africa, I don't know the country by name, but he starts asking the question, he goes, hey, how do you know my language? How do you know my language? And the guy's like, I don't know your language, I'm just praying in my prayer language. He's like, no, you're preaching the gospel in my language. So and so sad. then the dude ends up going on a missions trip over there and just starts preaching the gospel in a language that he didn't even know, and people come to Jesus, okay? Oh, wow. Tongues is a catalyst for the gospel to go forth. And when it is done in its right time and right place, it's amazing, it's beautiful, and it's powerful. But speaking in tongues was never the purpose of Pentecost. It's a byproduct of Pentecost. Okay? And the giftings of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit, the operations of the Spirit, what does, uh, what does Corinthians tell us? Corinthians tells us that it's given by God the Father. 
It's given by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's given by the Spirit. All distinct in their forms, their operations, their manifestations, but all given by the same God. You guys think that God, uh, does he try and confuse us? No. No, God, God's pretty orderly. Okay, He likes to do things in an orderly fashion, and, and he's pretty uh, non-confusing. At times we get confused, but that's just our our earthly mind taken, but when the Spirit gives us understanding, we, get, we have the understanding. Um, but God doesn't like to be confusing with us, okay? God kind of says it the way it is. Uh, and so God's not going to give different gifts to confuse one another. Like one gift's not going to confuse another gift. His gifts all work in harmony together, okay? To some, they have the gift of speaking in tongues, okay? And that is the speaking in tongues that goes and they preach the gospel in an unknown tongue. Others, they have the gift to pray what they can't even think, but the Spirit is praying through them. Others, they've been given the gift to prophesy, which builds up the church. Others are given the gift of the interpretation of tongues, that when tongues are spoken in church, the church is edified because someone interprets it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's one for you. A power and a gifting that comes from the Holy Spirit is the gifts of healing. Okay? When people pray and lay hands on and people are healed. Okay? That's a really big deal. Okay? You guys think that's a powerful witness? When someone has a broken arm and someone prays for them to receive the gift of healing and their arm is healed right in front of folks and they see the arm kind of bend back and they're like, holy guacamole, what just happened? And that person then explains, well, that's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes with a personal relationship in Jesus Christ and people give their heart to the Lord. Words of knowledge and words of wisdom, they're all about God. And when you're talking about God, it draws people to God. You guys kind of get where I'm going? Every single gift that has been given by the Spirit, every single operation that the Spirit moves in, everywhere the Spirit is manifested, it's all about Jesus. And it's all about people having a relationship with this Jesus. The purpose of Pentecost, and I'm going to drive this one home as fast as I can and as sharp as I can as well. Uh, The purpose of Pentecost and the purpose of being a spirit-filled believer is not so you can put spirit-filled next to your name. Not so you can put spirit-filled next to your Bible. Not so you can do any of that. It is so that you can have more power to be a witness. So if you are someone who's saying, man, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. All right. Put some action to those words and start telling people about Jesus. Because if you are full of the Holy Ghost, I guarantee you this. When you start telling people, people are going to start listening. And when you're saying, hey, I'm willing to be used by God, God will use you. Guarantee you that. If you say, God, I'm willing to be used by you, buckle your seatbelt because God's going to use you. When you step aside and you say, all right, I'm done doing my thing, God, I want you to use me. Hold on tight because God's going to use you. God's going to use you, and he's going to fill you with his spirit and use you in a specific way. Maybe you're not the one who gets filled with speaking in tongues, but man, you get filled with the spiritual gift of evangelism. Mm. And so your evangelism gets steroid juiced up, and it goes from an addition evangelism to a multiplication evangelism. It happens, folks, and God wants to use each and every single one of you. Each and every single one of you. Here's the deal. God's spirit is not for a select few. Okay? It's not for the elite Christians. Okay? God's spirit is for all 
who want to receive it. you got to open up your heart and say, God, I want to be full of your spirit. I want to have your spirit come upon me. I want to be baptized in your Holy Ghost so that I have the power to fulfill what the purpose of Pentecost was all about. So that I can be a witness. But not just a witness, but a powerful witness. I asked you guys about Law and Order a little bit ago. You got, how many of you guys ever watched Law and Order? Okay, it's great. When it comes to crime dramas, it's the best crime drama on TV. Uh, why? Because you see the law, but you also see the order. Okay? Uh, and I like it when bad guys uh, get in trouble. Uh, I think it's, I like justice. Okay? Uh, but something happens in the courtroom. Have you guys ever watched like a courtroom TV? Okay? Um, there, there are, yeah, Judge Judy. Um, that's great. Uh, that is not going to help my, my illustration. That, 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 I, I think that's civil court or, or people's court. Uh, we're, we're talking criminal court. Um, they call witnesses, okay? They call witnesses. Uh, but then they also always have like, like every prosecuting attorney and every defense attorney, they always have kind of the ace in the hole, which is the, you guys know, it's the star witness, right? Like, you got your witnesses, but I think we're going to win the case when we have the star witness. Okay, we all can be witnesses for God. Uh, when you receive Jesus, when you say, Jesus, I'm giving my life to you, and the Holy Spirit comes in you, okay, now you are a witness. But we can be star witnesses when we receive the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So that, like with one witness... They can be, hey, this is what I saw, this is what I said, this is what I heard, boom, done. All right, put in the books, sounds like a plan. But when the star witness comes out, they're like, this is what I saw, this is what I've heard, this is what happened. And everyone listens because they're the star witness. That's what we can be with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Not so that we're above everyone else, but we are... We are and can be more effective when we have the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys, just by a show of hands, let's be honest, let's be real with one another. How many of you guys would love to, when you tell your friends about Jesus, that they all say, hey, I'm giving my heart to the Lord? Yeah, right? That'd be legit. That'd be legit. Now, here's the deal. I'm not going to give you some false promise that, man, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you tell someone about Jesus, everyone's going to receive Jesus. No, because the early church, they had people reject them, okay? But the Lord's going to use you to reach numerous, numerous, numerous more when you say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. Holy Spirit, I'm ready. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. And here's the deal. Some people say, well, hey, man, once you're filled, you're good to go. Right? How many of you guys have ever filled your car before and then driven it and never stopped at the gas station again? Has everyone, I mean, has anyone ever ran out of gas? Yeah, I've ran out of gas too. It's no fun. Okay, here's the deal. We see the early church, the dudes who walked with Jesus, they are refilled with the Holy Spirit and refilled with the Holy Spirit and refilled, okay? You can be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And baptized in the Holy Spirit, going, 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 going. But guess what? You can't ever get refilled too much. Just keep asking for more. Keep asking for more. Keep asking for more because God is going to fill you and God is going to use you and God's going to do amazing and miraculous things through you. God wants to use each and every single one of you in this room, okay? 
This is the tradition of Ecclesia. I don't know how it got here, but it did. Take your index finger and point it at yourself. And say, God, God wants, wants to, use me. to use me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And we want, here at Hellside, we want God to use you. Because God has a specific plan and a specific purpose for each and every single one of you. Taylor Adams can reach people that I will never reach. Just like I will reach people that Dan will never reach. But Dan will reach people that Taylor will never reach. You guys get what I'm saying? God has strategically placed each and every single one of you in a specific place, in a specific time, in your moment in time of life to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, to be a greater witness in your place of witnessing. That's legit. And God wants to use each and every single one of you. And so if I were to go around and ask the question, look at this, I'm going to finish five minutes early. I'm going to have Bo come up and Bo's going to start playing guitar to close. I did it, folks. Praise Jesus. All right. Come on. Um, so, uh, what I just want to what I just want to close with, guys, is um, God has a specific plan and a specific purpose uh, for each and every single one of us. Uh, and God wants to use you in great ways. Okay? God wants to use you in amazing ways. So, if I were to ask you all the question right now, what is the purpose for Pentecost? I would hope that each and every single one of us would be able to answer with one accord and say to receive power to be a, a stronger witness, a witness. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses, not just here, but there, 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 and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Guys, God wants to use you. And here's the deal. God, he's not going to force anything on us. Okay? How many of you guys know we serve a God who doesn't force us to do things? Okay? I think that's pretty cool. Okay? Uh, God gives us choice, which is awesome. But God gives us the opportunity and the choice to say, hey, if you want my spirit, here it is. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened. So we're going to sing this song tonight. It's a familiar song, I think, to most. Uh, but, but really the, the crux and the purpose of this song is, uh, Spirit, lead me uh, where my trust is without borders. Lead me where my feet will wander. Lead me where I don't know what's going on. Let me walk upon the water. Just like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat in faith, he said, God, I don't know what it's like, but I'm going to do it. And the Spirit leads him to new places, guys. The Spirit wants to lead you to new places. The Spirit wants to lead you to new power in your walk. Wants to lead you to new power in your life. More boldness. More understanding. More wisdom. More knowledge. To some, more prophecies. To some, more dreams. To some, He wants to give you the gift of a personal prayer language where you will speak in tongues and you will receive that power of the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues and you and God can talk and you don't even know what you're saying. God wants to give that gift to some of you. There's a lot of gifts and God wants to give them to you. We just got to ask. So I'm going to invite you guys to stand. We're going to turn the lights down in this place uh, and we're just going to worship and we're going to sing this song. Spirit, lead me. Spirit, take me out. I want to experience more of you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray. Uh, and then we're going to go from this place of fellowship. But I'm just going to invite you guys. Uh, let's just join together in this song.
Fill us anew with your spirit, Lord God. Fill us anew, we pray. Fill us anew, God. May you pour your spirit out in this room, God. And we pray right now, God, for the heart that is saying, I am ready to receive what God has for me. I am ready to receive the power from the Holy Spirit. I am ready to receive the gifts that he has. God, we pray to that person, God, to those persons, God, we pray right now that you would pour out your spirit upon them. God, that you would open the floodgates of heaven, God, and you would pour out your spirit amongst men, God, and that these folks in this room, God, that they would be anointed with your spirit, God, that they would be full of the Holy Ghost, God, that they would speak in tongues, God, that they would have the interpretation of tongues, God, that they would prophesy, God, that they would speak words of knowledge, God, words of wisdom, God, that you would empower them to have boldness, God, when they speak. God, we pray that you would give them with evangelism, God. I pray that you would call folks to be pastors and to be teachers of the Word of God. We pray that there would be apostles in this room, God. And we pray that the folks in this room, God, as they operate in the giftings and the manifestations of the Spirit, God, that you have poured out upon them even tonight. God, I pray that they would remember this night, but God, that as they go out and they use the power that they have now, God, that it would not be for them. It would not be for their own edification, God, but that it would be for the edification of the church. God, I pray for each and every single one of the folks in this room, Lord God, from the oldest to the youngest, from girl to guy, whoever it may be, God, we pray that each and every single one of us in this room, God, would receive power to be witnesses, God, and we pray that next week even would be a testimony of that, not that folks would fill this room, God, but that each and every single one of us, God, would have the opportunity to lead someone unto you, God, that we would be operating in the power and the giftings that we have received even tonight, God, and that there would be testimony next week even, God, next week of folks giving their hearts to the Lord as a result of these folks stepping out, God, where their feet may wander, where their trust is without borders, God, where they are relying solely upon you. God, may we no longer rely on ourselves and our own knowledge, but God, may we open ourselves up to your spirit, God, and may your spirit fall on this place like it did there in the early church, God. We pray and we come together in one accord, God, and we say we want more of your spirit. We want the promise of the Father, and we want the power of the Holy Ghost to be witnesses. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. All across the room, I just want us to raise our hands to heaven. As we sing these next verses, God, guys, I want us just to declare this from the bottom of our hearts, that we want more of the Spirit. So as you raise your hands to heaven, as just a sign of saying, God, I want more of you, raise your hands to heaven and declare these words tonight.
hear from us and from others kind of what we've learned tonight. Mm -hmm. Pray that you'll just guide us and um, uh, keep focus our gaze on you, Lord, and just help us to focus on you and to kind of walk in your way and grab your hand and like let just let let you lead us in what we do. Yeah. That it will you know, allow this to be a moment of change. Yeah. And uh, kind of guide our lives and not something that is great for now and then kind of just passes. But you just kind of keep guiding us, Lord, and be with us and give us just the motivation and the boldness to uh, mm. follow you and to really delve into your word and yeah. pursue your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.